Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favorite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish dash tech dash news. Hi there. Welcome to today's Irish Tech News Podcast. I am talking with Jim Frawley. How are you doing, Jim? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. No problem. Now, before we start, tell us a bit about your background. So, we have an idea of who you actually are. Bit about you as well. Sure. My name is Jim Frawley. I run an organization called Bellwether. It's based in New York, but we work with clients around the world. We're a change management firm. And basically, what we do is we help individuals and companies build resiliency, build resilient people, and adapt to change in, in the most effective way possible. And I guess right now, during the pandemic, that's when you've probably got a lot of clients come through to you because of this. Yeah, we've been very fortunate in the pandemic. Everybody's looking to learn how to change and, and how to adapt and how to adapt while things are constantly changing. And so uh, it's, been a, it's been certainly a busy time for us. Yeah, and luckily you can do it from home because you've got the technology to do this. Thank goodness for the technology. And you know what? It's, it's the technology finally. I think companies are learning how to finally use technology in the right way. So this is, uh, I think, a, a big boon for, for the technology aspect. Not that it really needed it, but companies now have elevated to where we think technology can go and, and even further. You just did a podcast on cloud computing and, and how companies are now moving to the cloud more so than before because they have to. And I, when I was in an interview, I found out that companies before saw the cloud but didn't think it was, it was that useful. They used it when they had to but not because of want to, but nowadays they've got to use it. And the adoption of that has become more increased with technology. It's increased more. And so guess what you guys, you found that as well. Technology is now basically a standard thing, kit to have. Yeah, completely standard. And it's, uh, it's table stakes to have the best now. You have to really upgrade as much as you can just to get as many, uh, as many of your people adopting it as well so that you can just be more productive and, and be able to do all that adaptation. Because yeah, I guess right now the thing people always pass was cost. What is the cost going to be for this? Nowadays, the cost has come down so much because it's been used so, so much. The scale, the uh, come to scale, make sure it's affordable. So there's no excuse why you shouldn't be doing this, is there? No, no reason you shouldn't be doing it. And so the the scalability is is so inexpensive now, but also the budgets have been reallocated away from real estate more into you know this technological real estate, which is uh, you know investing in your people so that they can be as productive as possible from wherever they are. Yeah. And so they found the money when they have to. And they can invest it the right way. Yeah, because I remember last year people were telling me that their bosses had always told them, no, we can't work from home. That's impossible. As soon as they're doing it. So their bosses have proven wrong or what it was. The boss had meant to uh, modernize or, or adapt something he's not used to. Because when you change, you're going into a new environments, And you like what's, what you're used to. Right. We love what we're used to and we love seeing people. And, and it's, uh, it's so massively different the way that companies are thinking about people. Yeah. and thinking about how to manage people and for the people working from home, you used to be able to almost mail it in a couple of days, you know, yeah. and just, you know, as long as you're there in person, you could at least show that you're kind of working. Now you have to add to your task list, you know, how do I showcase my value working from home? How do I show people what I'm, what I'm working on? And companies are taking notice. And, and so while you have the technology to make work easier, they're also using that technology to measure your productivity and the value you bring into the company. And I guess because you work from home, you not haven't got to, to do a long commute to work. And a long commute means you, you've got a, you can be refreshed because you can spend an hour later in bed than normally and get up and work. 
Yeah, and it's going to be interesting as we reopen to see what, what that means because we've taken that time back, how many people are willing to give it back. Yeah. And also that community time and the amount of time that we're meeting. And, you know, as I work, I'm just outside of Manhattan. For me to go into Manhattan for a meeting and lose that time on a commute, uh, you really start to question the value of the meetings you're having and how much is it really worth to commute versus stay at home and how much more productivity can you get done. Because when I was, before pandemic, I was doing podcasts. If I did any in Dublin where I live, I would actually go to the premises and meet them somewhere to do it. And that could take a, could be a long commute time because I'd have to get two bus to get where I'm going because I don't drive. And I remember three years ago, I did a podcast, four years ago, I did a podcast. I, did, I went to a, to a, to a Clark and Feeding Center, the center, and it was hidden. I couldn't find it because there's nothing saying this is where it is. So I, I was in a housing, it was in a, a, a building estate, but I didn't know where it was. And when I finally got there, I, I couldn't find it. And, and then you lose an entire morning, yeah, right? When you well, think about just for this one meeting, you lose an entire morning or afternoon. Yeah, well, I, that's a lot of productivity loss. Yeah, well, I, I got a bus to go part of the way and then got a taxi. And taxi driver didn't know where it was. I didn't know either. I was bringing it up for directions. <laughs> and it was like basically, it was like basically thinking of Star Trek Four, when you when when you have a check off, where's your nuclear vessels? <laughs> that kind of moment. I'm looking in the car and I couldn't see what it was, and nothing was saying me here because if they said where they were. They'll be open to basically uh, a security breach. And then when I'm doing podcasts now, because I'm doing from home, I don't have to worry about the commute getting the to and from there or worry about getting a certain bus or a certain train or wherever else i got to get there. And I guess people right now, one thing they miss most is the water cooler moment when you're at work and you meet up and discuss things. Yeah. 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 The social aspect. You know, one of the things when we. Lots of different types of social aspects, right? The meetup, the happy hours, you, you lose those. But you also lose the little micro interactions you have, you know, in the kitchen at the office or the people you see on the bus commuting to work yeah. or the people you see while you're waiting for an elevator. You lose all of those. And so we're, we're losing our sense of community in a sense where yeah. we're part of something bigger. And many people have been able to build those communities with technology, but there, nothing will really replace that in-person interaction. And, and that's something that people are really looking for to get back into the, yeah. into the office for Especially sure. Especially when you're in the office and you're a friend of yours working in different departments. And once a week you meet up for lunch and discuss what's going on. And you can't do that now. No, there's only so many Zoom calls you can do. Yeah. <laughs> and so we always want just to get out of the office. We always talked about the need to get out of the office and, and go have lunch with somebody or go for a walk with somebody and, and do that. But you're not able to do that now, and yeah. it's um, it's a little frustrating. So you're constantly in front of Zoom. Your your social time is on Zoom. Your work time is on Zoom. Your everything is on on Zoom, and and so we have to kind of go into our own heads a little bit to to find our little our little breaches of sanity. Yeah, and you get at times you want to go out from for a walk. You want to make sure you don't go to the uh, office canteen. So in, in, for example, right, yeah. I'd say in New York you might go for a walk in Central Park, and maybe you'll get a hot dog and hot dog stands sit down on the bench and have the hot dog and chop what was going on. That stuff you can't do anymore. And over here, we might have some where we go and grab a sandwich and go and eat out, and, and, but that can't be done either because of the, the uh, pandemic. That's right. You're limited. You can, you can walk through a neighborhood for your 15 minutes, and uh, you know what? Maybe you put your bugs in your ears and listen to a podcast or something, but yeah. you're not really talking with anybody. And um, as long as you get, I mean, it's good for exercise, I guess, but that's pretty much all you can do, which is which is a challenge. Yeah, and the worst thing is right now, I'm thinking of, of mental health. How do you cope when you when your outlook with your friends? Like I live alone, so when you, someone lives alone, how do they cope? Because they've got no one living with them that they can talk to and discuss their life, what's going on, and also 
if you're living low in your outlook and life as meeting your friends and your family. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, many people have been reaching out for almost like a program that they could do just to kind of get them get their mental health to focus on on the right particular the right particular areas. Um, when we think about social networks, we've got our 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 support system, which is yeah. our family and friends. We've got our, those micro interactions. We want those different perspectives. We want all of those things. And what's been helpful for many people is understanding that they're not the only one dealing with it. Yeah. Is that from a mental health perspective, uh, this is everywhere. The two biggest podcasts that I've done uh, that have been downloaded the most during the pandemic are the two, you know, Why I Quit Drinking and when I did an Ironman race, what that taught me about my dark place and being in isolation and doing all of that. And, and it really resonated with people because they're forced to. The reason we don't like sitting in isolation by ourselves is we're forced to have the conversation in our head. Usually when we're social with other people, we can be a little more external and talk about different things. Many people aren't prepared to have those internal conversations in their heads. And, and we've been thrust into this situation where we kind of have to unbox yeah. All of those things that maybe we like to ignore or we don't want to face or we, do, or we don't want to think about because in your head, you know all your deepest, darkest secrets that nobody else knows. Yeah. And it's time to face those sometimes. And everybody is doing that. And sometimes just understanding that other people are dealing with it and other people are focused on it and then being able to have those conversations with someone you trust, whether it's virtually or, or not. Yeah is just kind of that relief lever a little bit to say, oh, you're thinking that too. It's a relief to hear that, you know, I'm not crazy and, and other people are doing it too. So that's, um, uh, it, it, that's been probably top number one area uh, of challenges for people in the pandemic. It reminds me of Mac Collins when the man went to the moon and he was a guy that was stuck for two days in, in, in a lunar module, couldn't go anywhere until, the, until Armstrong, and Ald- um, and, uh, Armstrong and Aldrin got back to him. So you're stuck there for two days, not knowing what's going on, and and that that kind of thing is what we're kind of going for now. You're stuck in this place, you know, nothing about it. Yeah, right. And it's uh, it's it's there have been there have been exercises where they put people in isolation just to test, you know, people in prison and everything else. And what does it mean in isolation? If people sitting in there for an hour can't do it. And yeah. so when you think about one day, two days, at least we have some kind of outlet or, or distraction through TV or something like that. Yeah. But um, but that's not a replacement for talking about what your particular needs are and, and, and what you're going through. And, and we have to find those outlets for us in a productive way yeah. and finding those, those support people that can help us. Because you said earlier, you said about quitting drinking and you're in, that's, that is, is hard to do. And coming back from a dark place, is hard to do as well. But in fact, if you can do and anyone can do it, all it takes is mental strength and resility. And the moment during the pandemic, we've actually increased our mental strength because we've, we've gone through it and we're coping with it so far. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, if you've made it this far, you're doing pretty well, is yeah. what I would say. Um, and and when you think about, you know, I gave up drinking. You know, I started working from home about four or five years ago. Yeah. And you know, when it's just sitting around your house, and you know, your meetings are done by noon, you say, oh, okay, you know, you can start. All of a sudden, it can quickly become, you know, much bigger than than what you thought. Yeah. Um, but the resiliency of doing what you're doing, and and the fact that we've made it now 14 months into a pandemic, and uh, things are starting to open up and, and we get to dictate 
we almost get to dictate what our rules are for reopening, which yeah. is kind of nice in, in, in a certain aspect to say, you know what, the introverts love the pandemic outside yeah. of all the dying, you know, um, but they love the pandemic. You know, how do you start to say, you know what, these are my rules to reopen. These are the people that I'm going to surround myself yeah. when I reopen. And you get to, to dictate what it is that, that you want to do. Like a year, I remember years ago, you, you would say uh, when you were working on a Friday, you go, right, it's five o'clock, it's beer o'clock. Nowadays, right. in the pandemic, every every hour is beer o'clock in the sense. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? Yeah, That's <laughs> yeah and I was saying, and, and, yeah, and I, I get this now, where, yeah, five o'clock somewhere, and because of that, people tend to drink, drink a bit more because they did nothing else to do, and it was their way to uh, cope with what was going on. Thankfully, right now, that's, that, that hopefully isn't as bad as, as it could have been, because I, I think it could have been a lot worse, but it's not been too bad. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, and I, I don't know if this is true, but one of the reasons they did not close the liquor stores in the U.S. is because withdrawal from alcohol looked a lot like COVID at the beginning. Yeah. They didn't know what the difference was. And many people, I know they're thinking about it, about giving it up. You know, I had thought about it for almost 20 years before I actually gave it up. Yeah. Um, and they don't really, we lose context. I didn't realize how many people didn't drink until I stopped drinking. Yeah. And so when we remove ourselves from it, when we remove ourselves from whatever thing that we just do on a regular basis, uh, all of a sudden you open up different avenues and perspectives on the way that other people do things. Yeah. And so that was pretty eye-opening for me to just see that, wow, this actually isn't normal that, you know, you do what you do and, and, and you know, you drink as much as you drink and, and all of that. Because they always say a good story never started with a, started with a drink. <laughs> and you got that scenario, and I think in the pandemic, it's not bad. Like, you're not going to. I haven't heard of any Zoom calls where people are in a meeting and suddenly one of them is drunk. That hasn't ha- no. happened. And, and you know what? In, in, in 2021, with everything that's being recorded, you certainly don't want it to be recorded. I mean, thank goodness yeah. we didn't have this type of technology back, you know, 20 years ago when I was, <laughs> when I was making my good stories, starting with a drink. Yeah. Um, so that's, it's a whole different world, yeah. Well, we've all been there and made a good stories with the drink, and everyone's done that at some point or another. But it's the fact is that, that people, we survived and are doing it. And even right now, during the pandemic, that's a time when you think you, you, you rely on drinkers to crutch more so, but it hasn't happened that way, such which is great. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good, yeah. But I find the funny thing is that at that times, people are now finding difficulty getting drugs. And they're using pizza boxes and courier services to deliver the drugs in the pizza box. <laughs> Look, never, never underestimate the creativity yeah. of somebody who needs some kind of fix, whatever it is, whether it's a drink, whether it's a cigarette, whether it's drugs. Yeah. Um, people will find their way. I remember, you know, being a smoker, and I would do crazy things just to go if I was out of cigarettes or yeah. out of, you know, out of booze. We will do whatever it takes to to get it. So, uh, pizza boxes is. One way to get there. Yeah, because I remember reading that, thought, yeah, and then this, the the uh, the police here noticed was happening and kind of stopped this. So some of the cartels were very angry because they weren't getting to ship with the, their their projects. But again, I guess technology in a sense is other ways around it. They can do it other ways, like develop their own app maybe, or use a certain uh, WhatsApp or something else to do that as well. But. It just shows basically we have to adapt, as you, as you talked about earlier, adapting and change to what, what's going on around us. Yeah, it's, um, you know what, everyone's going to be, everything constantly evolves, which is, and that's what the book is about, adapting in motion. It's about everything is constantly evolving, uh, and how do you change to at least keep up, 
right? You don't have to accelerate it. You don't have to be beyond it, but you just don't want to be left behind. And that's the feeling that so many people have. Um, You're suddenly working from home. Your workplace is changing. You put on the TV and society is upended. People are rioting and your teenagers using weird emojis. Now you have to look up what the emoji means. And, uh, you know, every place you turn, it's overwhelming and you don't know what that proper response is. And, and, the macro change, I would argue, is a distraction, right? That's always going yeah. to be there. And when you focus on micro you, what you can control, all of a sudden your perspective changes on what the most important decisions are and, and how to get through each day. Yeah, and you're, you're, when you mentioned basically you read the book, is it, is it up and evolved? Normally when someone writes a book, every so often they re, re, reintroduce a new version with new, with new add-ons. But in your case, you can't because you're always adapting and evolving, which is what the book is about. So how do you actually go and, and make that uh, add new changes? You can't really. That's right. And, and you know what? It's, I, I don't like the idea of just putting out new versions of a book just to sell more books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to write a book so that people could just buy it once. And this is, it's the only way to deal with it. We've been so focused on, you know, whether it's in the workplace, a change management program, putting in change management and changing ideas. They don't work. We know they don't work. Everyone's been focused on change and, and how to keep up and, and, you know, how do I adapt my business fast enough or how do I adapt me fast enough? You're focused too much on the change. And the only way to do it, and this has been my story over time, I was frustrated with the change in corporate. I was frustrated with where I was at corporate. I was frustrated with, you know, how my business wasn't evolving fast enough. It's because I was focused on the wrong things. We have to focus on us and we have to focus on the physical. We have to focus on the mental. We have to focus on the social aspect and building those networks up of people to get us to where we want to go. So when you have a pandemic hit, you know who you can call and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm stuck inside my head a little bit. Or we know what we need when we're a little bummed out. Or we, yeah. um, we can take care of whatever decisions it is that we have to make. Well, aside at the moment, if you look in the corporate world, a lot of it is controlled by bean counters, accountants, who have all, all the, their view is how do we save money, nothing else. And when you've got that scenario running through a company, that's not the best thing to have. That's right. It's uh, when you're focused only on money, when you're focused on the bottom line of an organization. And let's be honest, an organization exists to make money. So you get that. Yeah. Uh, but from when you think about where you fit, if you're an employee at that company who's primarily looking at the bottom line, who's making investments in technology to re- replace their people, there are uniquely human things that only a human could do. Yeah. And we should constantly review, you know, what are the competencies that are going to make me accelerate within an organization? And those three are going to be putting together a plan, strategic planning, how to communicate to yeah. other people with your social aspect, and how to make effective decisions to change those plans. Yeah. When you think about, most people don't think of them as skill sets. We think of, you know, coding as a skill set, or Excel as a skill set, or, you know, one of those project management as a skill set. But there is, there are uniquely human things that we can do at least over the next decade that will differentiate us from the bean counters to say we still provide value to this company. I'm looking at, for example, if somebody is doing negotiations, if you somebody is a good negotiator, that's a skill skill set in itself that you don't really have. And I've seen companies where they come in and maybe there's a row with, between yin and something else, and this guy comes in within two minutes, they're talking again, and it, it's as if basically it's a couple ha- having a row, and next minute they're in bed making love because they got over it. And that's what he's doing, and you don't. That's a skill set you don't really see much anymore. No, you don't. It's, uh, it's uh, the relationships, right? Yeah. It's all about everything. All human relationships uh, are about status positioning and how you position things and how you position the way that, that things are approached. And, and technology is not at the point where it can resolve all of that. 
it may evolve and and we'll have to adapt with that but there will always be a place for for uniquely human things uh it may not be in the workplace maybe in your community but we're always going to have that that social need and the problem is you as i said earlier when you've got to count the big characters and guys who've been there so long in that job they're not willing to adapt or change new technology so when they were told we got a remote work they didn't do it until they had to that's right that's right. You know, sometimes we have to force the change on it or change is forced upon us. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you right now what the bean counters are thinking is, wow, how much are we spending on real estate? Can we cut that out? Yeah. Um, and, and they're taking a look at all those different aspects. You know, do we really need all of these people that were coming into the office? You know, let's take a look at how much time people are actually logged in on their computers. And do we need 10 people? Maybe we only need three. And, and so they're thinking of the productivity and cost of, of each person where they sit and then the productivity that they give. And, and as you sit working for a company, if you work for a large company, you should be ready to have the conversation of if I make a hundred thousand euros a year, am I bringing in at least a hundred thousand euros worth of value? Yeah. And that's the question that the bean counters are thinking. So, so building those relationships with people at your organization will help you get set up to have that conversation and be prepared when they start to say, you know what, we're going to cut these people, you want someone on your side to, to set that up. Yeah, and also when you're cutting people down, you got to make sure that by doing that, you, you can tell them, for example, we're going to reduce your hours, without, but as you're working from home, won't be an issue because you haven't got the commute to worry about and you got less cost involved. That's right, yeah. And, and so what we're learning with the pandemic, and I was fortunate to learn this when I launched the business, I had to unlearn corporate when I, when I started my own business, yeah. is that there are no rules anymore. There are no rules on, and, and so we have assumptions that work is just going to continue the way that it's always worked. That assumption is wrong, right? We can't make assumptions in, in the new world. We can't just pivot and say everything's going to be fine. So when we think about the fact that there's no rules, you may not have 40 hours a week. One of the things I was just talking about on a business forum is that I see job roles completely going away in the next few years, yeah. right? You're just going to... Companies are building libraries of skill sets, and what are you able to do? And now people working for an organization are going to have to pitch their work to be on the good projects at the office. Yeah. And it's almost going to be entrepreneurial. So it's going to be very a very different way that normal work goes, and I think that's going to happen pretty quickly over time. It's like Fight Club. There isn't a Fight Club. It will. Yeah, it's going to be corporate Fight Club. It's yeah. going to be. Because <laughs> the rules aren't there anymore, and you got to adapt to that. Because normally when you do work in a business, you're used to rules. And rules apply, and suddenly when you, when you haven't got that anymore because of the pandemic, how can you apply a rule in, in an environment that isn't a work environment? Because when you work from home, it's not a work environment as such. That's right. And, and many of us think about our little world, and we just wait to be told at work yeah. what to do, and then we do it. Uh, that's going away. So what we have to do is we're going to have to start being more vocal on the projects we want to work on. We're going to have to be more vocal on the value that we're bringing. We're going to have to be more vocal on saying this is the right way to do things and let me bring my, my, my psychological capital, my thinking capital to this organization so that you can actually become a valuable part of the company rather than just collecting your paycheck. And that's what companies are looking for, for those types of people who can differentiate themselves. Yeah, because at the moment, if you're somebody and you say, what do you do? And you can go, I'm a jack of all trades. That's not what you want. You want somebody that, that can do exactly it. And you, you might say, I'm like MacGyver. My sister and wife and me can do it many things. But you don't want the most of the thing that you can do, that the most can do. And right now, it's needed more, more so than ever during the pandemic. I was, I was speaking to someone who wanted to work for me. And I said, well, what can you do? And they said, I can do anything. 
and I really liked this person. I thought they would make mm. a great addition to the team. I had no idea how to use her. Yeah. And so when you, you have to be specific in what you can do and you have to be specific in articulating what the value is that you bring. So jack of all trades, pinch hitter, you could do anything. Utility person is great in some contexts. Yeah. But if we can start to say, you know what, let me tell you specifically how I can help on this. Let, let me, you know, almost like a smart goal, specific and how do you measure it and, and actionable and all of those things. How do you show that to people to say, all right, now I understand how I can use you. That is a value to me, and let's get started. Because for me, when I left college about 10 years ago, I'm at the college to uh, rate, to up, upskill. And when I left, I didn't know what to want to do myself. And I was thinking, well, what, what, what suits me best? So I, I worked in about two or three different startups, didn't work out. And then I started doing my own security block. And from that, I got into journalism. And then, then I found out, this is my calling. I'm good at writing. I'm good at doing interviewing and everything else. This is what I'm going to do. So from now on, this is what I do and nothing else. I'm going to focus on that alone. And at times, you got to have a moment where, like in a pandemic, this is a time when you find out what you're really good at, and then you stick to that. Yeah, yeah. And that's when, when people talk about purpose and they talk about meaning and they talk about all of these things, everybody seems to be looking for purpose. Yeah. And when, if we want to think about what's our good skill set, what are the things that we do really, really well? Oftentimes, it's something that comes so naturally to us, we don't even think of it as a skill. So that's one thing to think about, yeah. to say, you know what, this comes so easily, I had no idea it was a skill. When other people would look at that and their, their minds are blown that you're able to do that. But then another thing to think about is what can you do for a period of time where you just lose track of time? Yeah. You know, is there something you do where you look up and say, oh my goodness, four hours went away and I love doing that. You know, it was... You, those are the types of things that we can start to think about. We have the freedom now to think about, you know, where do I change and, and where can I actually start to dictate what my future is going to look like? That's me. When I started writing, it was a skill I always had, but I didn't know it was there. And suddenly, as I got more into doing that, I was doing that for a while and thought, this is great. Then the interviews, that's great. But I said, can I make them more interesting? In interviews myself, I would go to the interview somebody, transcribe it by hand from audio. That was taking time. Why not do podcasts? So I started doing podcasts and doing them five years now. And everything, but, but it's all linked into the same thing. It's, it's still linked into writing and journalism in, in some sense. It's still there. I've just broadened slightly my, my, my skill set. But it's still in this. I haven't got to the stage where suddenly I'm writing TV series or I'm writing novels. I've kept it within the same boundary as such. Right, and you find your boundaries, you, you build your boundaries, right? You're going to try new things and some things are going to work, some things aren't, but you still have, you know, that ever-evolving focus and boundary within that little particular world um and then all of a sudden you you just get lost in it you love it and it's you yeah. know the future of what you want to do yeah i've gone through times when i'm writing something and i can't stop writing and i'm sitting there and i'm writing 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 and i suddenly realize i've written so much this is going to be a two-parter and then a lot of times i'm sitting there and i can't write i get writer's block i can't write much so yeah. go I, I leave it go but i come back the next day and suddenly it flows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to find sometimes just the right time has to hit us. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And also the right environment. And at times when I'm doing stuff, I always make sure I have music on in the background because that kind of gets me happy and I'm in a, in a good place. And then I can just start writing away and I start doing that and it can be fun. Yeah, well, that's so environment as we're working yeah. is, is another aspect that we have to think about. So, you know, the cubicle, the office 
isn't really a great environment necessarily for productivity, even though it was billed as that. And yeah. then these open office plans, you know, so that we could be more productive, but nobody can work. So they put music in their, their ears anyway. So your environment to, to get your cognitive ability running, to get your thinking processes going really well, you need your space yeah. and you need your sounds and you need your whatever it is to set that up. In, in a way that you can you can start to, to be really productive. And then you might decide, like, every three hours I'm going to take a break and I'm going to watch something on TV for half an hour or whatever and then go back and do my work. In the office, you couldn't really do that. If you were taking a break and watch something on your laptop, on your computer, that would be seen. People would notice that. Oh, yeah, this person is, isn't working because I might only see you once in the three hours. And the time to see you is when you're watching, watching that, that thing on, on the Internet and nothing else. They will notice yeah. you working productively as well. Well, we love to find out what other people are doing wrong. So yeah. whenever you have just that, that little moment, you're on your phone or something at work, they say, look, this person's always on the phone, right? We create this story in our heads. Uh, and it's usually driven by the negative. Working from home, I love working from home. And with the pandemic, I've been getting up super early in the morning. I'm really productive in the morning. And then I try to take a nap every day. And then yeah. I'm super productive in the afternoon. I can't take a nap at the office. Yeah. But my productivity has gone up because I figured out this system that works really well for me. And so everybody has to has to find what works for them yeah. and get those breaks because you can't just work all the time either. And he said earlier about working on your phone. On your phone, it could be the case of that you're in a Slack meeting with one of your work colleagues. But somebody else wouldn't know that because obviously some of you on the phone, they think it's not productive. Right. Right, right, right. And you get to you get that little bit of flexibility. But at the same time, while you have that flexibility, part of that time should be spent showcasing. You have to actually showcase the value extra to, to the people that you work with so that yeah. they know that you're, you're working. You almost have to tell them that you're working because they don't necessarily always assume that. Yeah, they've got to see that because if all, all, all they see is you doing things they should be doing, they're going to assume he's not, that person is unproductive. And they right. mightn't see it output because it might, maybe they, they don't see what you actually, you're doing. So they have no idea. They have no idea. That's right. Unless they see the, the output of yeah. what you're building. And then yeah. they're going to presume something else. They're going to presume something that isn't the case and then tell the boss, oh, by the way, when you do your yearly review with this person, just to let you know, I'll see them do X, Y, and Z. And that's it with no context. So you have no right. idea. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's to me, releasing the pandemic... There's no one there to let go of your shoulder and you can do things at your own pace in a certain sense because your boss knows basically where we're living in now is strange times. And by doing it at your own pace, you're still getting the job done, but you haven't got the pressures you would have in the office. That's right. That's right. And it's a whole different environment. It's a whole different focus. And uh, as long as you're able to execute and show that it's completed, you're good. You can almost, you know, there are different ways that you can respond in the office. You know, as long as people see you working, you know, they may not see what's on your computer, but they see that you're actually working. So they assume that you're working when at home, you can work at your own pace, but you still have to deliver. The worst thing is you're in the office, doing work and sneak up to you and ask you to do something else. That's right. So you, you get a up, lot of that too. Yeah, right? You end up doing a lot more stuff than you, and the stuff you're originally doing, you can't get done. Whereas at home, that's not the issue because you'll not get emails or slacks coming through telling you about certain things. But you can prioritize. Whereas in the office, it's hard to tell somebody, no, I can't do that. That's right. Yeah. And the person asking usually might come over and just talk about it. Yeah. And you might volunteer for it without even realizing it. But for them to ask you and actually write out the request, suddenly that's an extra barrier for them to be asking yeah. what you can do. And that, that separates a little bit, which is nice. 
Like when I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I check my Slack and check my emails to see what's important. Then I can prioritize my day. And then when I get up, I decide, okay, can I respond to an email on my phone or will I wait and do it on my, on my laptop? It's just not important. In most cases, I can wait and then think, okay, this was coming up today. And then check my notes. Okay, I've got that today, that today, that, that's great. And I can plan my day. Whereas in the office, you can't really do that as such. That's right. No, yeah. You, most people are doing their planning, you know, on the train or on their commute or yeah. something like that. Um, it's much more scattered, sure. Yeah. And then when you come into work, you're kind of stressed because you realized you've got double booked for certain meetings and you can't get it. And think, well, how, how do I do? What do I do? Because last minute, somebody changed it and I might not have told you. So when you go and look at your schedule, it was scheduled for, for 10, 10 o'clock. Now it's 9 o'clock. I'm on the train to work. The train's going to be late, late in. What do I do? Yeah. Yeah, right. And how many times do you rush into the office? You just throw your stuff on your desk. And you're already sitting in meetings and you can't properly plan your day. And then all of a sudden it's four o'clock in the afternoon. And you realize how much you didn't get done and it just adds to more stress. And it's, it's tough. Or yeah. whispering, you go to meeting and you're stressed, run into the meeting. It goes, oh, it's been canceled. I'll move back. Yeah, I'm you're sitting there. I spent the past two hours stressing about this meeting. And suddenly <laughs> right. it's not required. Suddenly it shouldn't have been doing that. That's right. That's I've had right. that before where I'll go somewhere and there'll be, I busted a rail strike and I couldn't get to work. And I'd say, well, sorry, I can't come in today because basically uh, what's going on? There's uh, no way I'll, I'll be able to get in. Other times I'd be going into something and, and I'd get in late. And I'd be stressed because I had to do something by a certain, certain time and I couldn't get it done. And the walk in goes, ah, don't worry about it. No need to worry about that. I'm thinking, I spent two hours stressing about this when I shouldn't have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it ruins your day. Yeah. Yeah. It ruins your day because... I've had scenarios where, where you've uh, done something and you're worrying about it and you're going to end up night meeting a friend for, for dinner or something going to concert. And in the back of your mind, that is playing in the back of your mind about the next day you go to work, you're still worrying about it and you find out it's nothing to worry yep. about. That's right. That's yeah, right. Especially now with, with the pandemic, we've got the ability where we can just think back and we have more time to, to go over things in our heads and make sure that what we're doing is sensible. Whereas when you're in a work environment, you're rushed. Right, right. You get to catch your breath, or if you need to walk away from your desk and catch your breath and think through, think things through, and um, you know, the the home and work have, have really merged. So you're you're constantly thinking. You know, you have this idea at eight o'clock at night. You might just run over to your work computer and just you know put a reminder in. But um, we're able to think things through differently simply because of the different environment. Yeah, because I tend to work with you. Normally, for me, what I do is I, I go to my phone and I set up an alarm at a certain time to remind me to do something. So when my alarm beeps, oh yeah, podcast morning. I, uh, I do the exact same thing. It's it's fantastic. Yeah. I look over the next two days, and I've got these random alarms. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget yeah. to do this. Because when you're working from home, sometimes you do leave the desk for a little bit, and then you come back and you can't miss your meetings, and you and you know it's not like you're confined to your. To and your I've, work. I've got a maybe scenario. I've got a meeting in a week's time, but every every day I set an alarm clock at a certain time to remind me. Tomorrow morning I've got this meeting. I'm just going to go ahead. And what I would do is, the night before the meeting is happening, I would set a new alarm, but half an hour beforehand, just to remind me again, this is going yep, ahead. Yep, yep. And people are now used to noticing more for that, because years ago you couldn't do that. If you the audio wasn't there, and you'd, be, you'd find a house full of post-it notes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> on your fridge, right. telling you right. what to do in there. And if you live alone, that's, that's great. If you don't live alone, someone's liable to take one or is going to fall, disappear, and you won't know. Right. Yeah, and unless you're really on top of just that analog system, yeah, uh, you're, you're 
you could very quickly get lost in it. Yep. Because when I was younger, I, I could always remember things weeks in advance, and I was great at doing that. When you get older, those things seem to slip your mind pretty easily, and you got to find a way of doing it. Technology has helped me bridge that gap. Yeah, 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 completely. If, and, and you just have to know how to use it, though. There's a learning curve to it. So yeah. you create a little system, whether it's analog or digital or probably a combo of both. Um, you have to make it your own. You wish that there was this silver bullet that could answer everything, but you gotta, you got to make it your own. It's like you got the magic eight ball, and you're shaking an eight ball, and hopefully it gives you an answer. Because I can see bosses right now that are forced to change, and when they're changing... They've had a smartphone and they've got it because it's the only phone you can get and then they haven't used it much. Now they're forced to use it more for productivity. And by doing that, they've learned more about it and they're learning to, uh, oh, I have to use this. And then finally they realized, where was I, where was I without this? Two years right. ago, I could have used this. That's right. And I'm thinking, but it was there two years ago. Just so you didn't want to use it. Yeah, it was there. Right, right. Yeah. But now you're forced to use it and that's the adoption. You realize how, how easy it is. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess on that, basically, I guess that's a nice way to end the podcast. We'll be talking a little bit about adoption, and hopefully in the future, people are going to, to learn to, to adopt more. And when they're facing a pandemic in the future, which I'm sure there could be more happening, who knows, this will have taught them how to how to adopt to it and uh, not get stressed about it. Because the worst thing is stress, you, how, do we, how do we cope? Well, the past year, we've coped beautifully so far, as you can yeah. probably attest to that through your work. Yeah, we've adapted, but but I think what we've learned is that we have to do the work. Yeah. Right? Nobody can tell you what's going to work specifically for you. It's a little disingenuous when they do it. So whether it's a new app, whether it's new technology, whether it's a new analog system, productivity, time management, we have to take the time to ask, what do I need in this moment? And is this working for me? And put together your own particular plan. Yeah, and also we can always think Charles Darwin, so travel to the fittest. That's so apt these days. That is, yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. So you could say, Charles Darwin, you're a bitch, but thank you for this. <laughs> <laughs> right, thank yeah. you for the context, but yeah. we didn't want to live through it, right? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, I'll say thanks so much for a great conversation, Jim, and have a great day. Good luck in the future. Thank you, Ron, and I appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish tech news on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish tech news dot IE and on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish tech news.